Welcome to Faith Life Fellowship Podcast with Dr. Scott Forrest. Please enjoy today's message. All right, say it with me. We are a church growing and thriving, overflowing with love, strengthening the family, transforming the community, impacting the world, where every member is a minister and a church alive is worth the drive. Amen. Glory to God. So we've been talking about praying out the mysteries of God. Actually, my good friend, Mark Bowling, last week taught on praying out the mysteries of God. And he was not able to finish the four points that he desired to finish. And he left point number four up to me to complete. And as I thought about what I should preach this week, I thought, you know what? I should do exactly what Mark said. I should, you know, allow him to tee me up so that I can share some things that I've seen in the Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost, praying in tongues, that will just basically add on to what he already taught. And I encourage you, if you haven't already listened to the podcast of last week, that you take the time to go to that podcast. I've listened to it three times myself, and it is packed full of revelation. You need to go listen to it. And then when this is done... You need to put the two together and listen to them both. Amen. Hallelujah. So that you get revelation and understanding of how powerful it is when you pray in the Spirit, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, when you pray in tongues. By the way, when I say praying in the Spirit, that's not code word to prevent from offending people who get offended when you use the word tongues. It's actually biblical language. It's the language that Paul and other apostles used when they were referring to praying in tongues. They called it praying in the Spirit. Amen. Hallelujah. So, I'm in good company. So, praying out the mysteries of God. The reason it stirred me so much when Mark preached on this is because he's one of the few ministers that I know that feel as passionately about praying in tongues as I do. And so Saturday night at Kickback Jack's, we went ostensibly to watch a playoff game while we ate some horse duvers. Hors d'oeuvres. But you know, we only watched the game peripherally. We spent an hour and a half talking about praying out the mysteries of God by praying in the Holy Ghost, by praying in tongues. I had no idea, nor did he tell me, that he was going to preach on that the next day. I was delighted. Praise God. So, in general, God's been dealing with me, and I know he's been dealing with many of you over the past few years, about the importance and the power of prayer. Why? We all know this. Because it is the foundation upon which everything we do for God will be built. Amen? If we don't pray it out, we will not walk it out. If we don't pray it out, we will not achieve to the greatness that God desires, whatever the endeavor. We will not become the people God called us to be. We will not reach the people God called us to reach. We will not build the things that God called us to build unless we lay a solid foundation in prayer. Amen? More specifically... He's been dealing with me about praying more in the Holy Spirit. Spending more time praying in tongues. And I pray in tongues more than anybody I know. 
And the Lord's saying, I want you to pray more in tongues. I'm like, Lord, do you realize I pray in tongues a lot? He says, well, not really. There's always room for improvement. I want you praying more in the Holy Ghost. Why? Because when you pray in tongues, you quite literally pray out the mysteries, the secrets of God for your life, for the life of your fellow saints, for your church, for your nation, for your world. Amen. It's exciting. It's like being in the secret service of God. You know, he lets you in on some things that nobody else in the world knows about. Hallelujah. Because you have a need to know. Now, I was a military officer, and sometimes when you had a classification, you might have been holding a top-secret clearance. But even with a top-secret clearance, there were certain things you couldn't look at unless you had a need to know. God says, there are certain things that I want you to look at because you have a need to know. Because it pertains to your life, the life of your church, and the life of your family, and the life of all your fellow saints. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. We need to be praying for our families, our lost friends and relatives, our churches, our pastors, our nation, our leaders. And last but not least, we need to be praying out our personal destiny so we can run the race that God has called us to run. Amen. Glory to God. Proverbs chapter 20 verse 5 says, Counsel in the heart of man is like deep water. But a man of understanding will draw it out. I believe that's an Old Testament type of praying in the Holy Ghost. You need to stir up the living water on the inside of you and pray out your destiny by praying in tongues, by praying in the Holy Ghost. I've been doing it for 45 years. By the way, after 45 years of talking in tongues, I've had a lot of people try to talk me out of talking in tongues. I say the same thing today that I... Say through the years, take your best shot. It's not going to work. I personally have witnessed the power of that type of praying. The intimacy that uh, rises on the inside of you. The worship unto the Father. The secrets that He shows to you that you otherwise had no way of knowing. It's exciting. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Can you get excited? Will you run around the room with me? I don't think we have room for that. Hallelujah. So let's take a look at some of the key scriptures that Mark Bowling shared with us last week. Jude 20. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now remember, we established that praying in the Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost, is Bible speak for praying in tongues. Now it can include praying in English as you're inspired by the Holy Spirit, but it definitely includes tongues because Paul says in 1 Corinthians 14, I will pray in the Spirit and I will pray in the natural, in my known language. I will sing in the Spirit and then I will sing in my natural known language. Amen. So praying in the Spirit, praying in the Holy Ghost is synonymous with praying in tongues and Holy Spirit utterances even in your known language. Hallelujah. But ye, beloved, building up yourselves on your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Ghost. Now I want to direct your attention to the, the phrase building up yourself on your most holy faith. That word building up 
comes from a Greek compound word, ekodomeo, which means to build the house. To build the house. So when you pray in the Holy Spirit, you are building up your house. Did you know you have a house? As long as you're on planet earth, you're in this earth suit. It is your house. It is your earthly domicile. The Bible says to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So as long as you're here on earth, you're going to be here in your earth suit or your earthly home. Amen. Which is your body. Amen. Now, I don't have time to teach on this, but the Bible makes it clear in 1 Thessalonians 5.23 and Hebrews 4.12 that we are composed of three parts. Spirit, soul, and body. Yet we are one. We are one person, but we have three distinct personalities or aspects to our being. Spirit, soul, and body. So when you pray in the Spirit, the Bible says here in Jude chapter 20, you build up your whole house. Spirit, soul, and body. Now for years I grew up in Word of Faith circles. They taught that when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're just building up your inner man. Well, yes, you are. But you're doing a whole lot more than just building up your inner man. Research has been done at Oral Roberts and other universities that indicate when you pray in the Holy Spirit, it boosts your immune system by as much as 40%. It releases endorphins into your system just like when you do exercise. So there is bodily benefit to praying in the Spirit. And there are certainly mental benefits. First of all, your mind doesn't have to be involved. And that can be very relaxing. That's one of the things that I like most about praying in tongues. It's my mind is not involved. Hallelujah. It's coming from my spirit man. And sometimes I'll know what I'm talking about by the revelation of the Spirit. Many times, I won't know. But one thing I do know, the Bible says in Romans 8, 28, when you pray in the Holy Ghost, you're praying perfect intercession for yourself and for your fellow saints, according to the will of God. How many want to pray perfect prayers? Learn to pray in the Spirit, amen. And you'll never miss it. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Praise the Lord. Now notice it says, Building up yourself on your most holy faith. The reason it says that, in my opinion, is the very act of praying in tongues is an act of faith. You got to walk out on the limb of the Holy Spirit and believe that when you open your mouth and you start making syllables, you're going to be speaking in a language that you do not know. Whether it be the language of men or of angels, Paul says it's still from God. Amen. Hallelujah. So you are exercising your faith simply by praying in the Holy Ghost. Why do I know that? Because I've been doing it for 45 years. Amen. Glory to God. I can tell you from experience, this is a fact. All right, let's go to 1 Corinthians 14, 2. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. Let's stop right there. When you speak to God... That is prayer, right? So right here in this verse, Paul is talking about praying in tongues. And he says, when you pray in an unknown tongue, you're not talking to men, you're talking to God. Amen. So 
If we came in here this morning, as many of you did, we were singing in tongues. And the reason that that did not need to be interpreted is because we were singing unto God. And how many know God knows every language, whether it's known or unknown or the language of angels. He knows what you're saying. He does not need an interpreter. But notice when the service began, I felt led of the Lord to give a message in tongues to the congregation. And then I gave an interpretation. It's very, very simple. People make it harder than it is. Tongues, primarily in my view, and I believe in Paul's view, is a private devotional tool whereby you pray unto God the mysteries and secrets that you need to pray out in your life. Occasionally, if God leads you, you may give a message in tongues to an assembly, but when you do, Paul says, you need to interpret it because they will not be edified like you are. You're edified just because you're talking in tongues, the Bible says, but they won't be edified because they won't know what you're talking about. So you give them the interpretation. Amen. It's just that simple. You know, you have to get a theologian to help you misunderstand that, right? Hallelujah. I love theologians, those that know the Word of God. You know, not all the theologians know the Word of God. They know it intellectually, but many of them do not know it by the heart. Hallelujah. Glory to God. For he that speaketh in an unknown tongue speaketh not unto men, but unto God. So we've established that this is praying in tongues. And when you pray in tongues, it says, For no man understands him, howbeit in the Spirit he speaketh mysteries. Whoo, glory. That word mysteries means things that are not known without impartation by God himself. Secret things. Plans, purposes, and pursuits that only God knows about. And if he gives it to you, he gives it to you by private impartation, by praying in the Spirit. Uh, one translation I read says mysteries are, are secrets that are revealed to a select few. Amen. I count myself privileged to be among a select few. When I pray in the Holy Ghost, he reveals secrets to me that he doesn't reveal to every Tom, Dick, and Harry. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. 1 Corinthians 14, verse 4 says, He that speaketh in an unknown tongue edifieth himself. Once again, that comes from that root word there, that compound Greek word, akodomeo. Builds the house. He that speaketh in an unknown tongue builds the house that he lives in. But he that prophesieth edifieth the church. And if you read the whole chapter of 1 Corinthians 14, you find out that when you give a message in tongues and you interpret it, the Bible and the Holy Spirit equates that with prophecy. Amen. And you saw that in demonstration this morning. Amen. So before we go any further, I want to rehash some of these awesome takeaways that we've gleaned from these verses. Let's make sure we get this down because, hey, listen, unlike my normal presentation which, in which I deluge you with more scriptures than you could ever handle, these are the only three scriptures that will be appearing on the screen. Okay, They're going to stay up there so that you can get the revelation. Amen. From these three scriptures... We get these three key concepts. When you speak to God in tongues, you are praying in tongues. 
you are praying in the Spirit. Amen. Let me say that again. When you speak to God in tongues, you are praying in tongues, and you are praying in the Spirit. Number two, when you pray in tongues, you edify, you build up your whole being, spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, the brain is part of the soul. It's one of the mysteries uh, of our body. We have a natural brain, and yet it is able to produce abstract thought. Can anybody tell me how that happens? Electrical impulses, synapses, fire in your brain, and then abstract thought comes from your natural brain. So I believe that there is a spiritual component even to the soul, which is your mind, your will, and your personality, your imagination. Amen? So when you pray in the Spirit, I believe that your brain, part of your body, is energized by the Spirit of God. It's built up. Amen? And because it's part of the mechanism that creates your thought life, even your thought life can be affected by praying in the Spirit. Amen? So I say it with the fullest confidence that when you pray in the Holy Spirit, when you pray in tongues, it benefits you spirit, soul, and body. Amen. Hallelujah. Finally, when you pray in tongues, you pray out the mysteries, the hidden things, the secrets that only God knows. And many times as you pray, those mysteries will be revealed to you. Amen. Sometimes it'll happen right away. Sometimes it'll happen after a period of time. Sometimes it may never happen. You might be praying in the Holy Ghost for some believer in a jungle in Burma on the other side of the planet who's just encountered a tiger on his trail. And the tiger is about to devour him. And he cries out to Jesus for help. And the Holy Ghost says, pray in the Holy Ghost for 20 minutes. And you pray in the Holy Ghost for 20 minutes, probably... You are bracketing that whole time event there. You're praying before he met the tiger, during he met the tiger, and after he met the tiger. And because you prayed in the Holy Ghost, the tiger said, mm, you don't look so tasty after all. It runs off into the jungle. And you will never know about it until you get to heaven and you meet that believer. And he tracks you down in heaven and says, thank you for praying in the Holy Ghost that day. Because that tiger was about to eat me. And all of a sudden, he just ran off like he lost interest. Oh, that was me? Praise the Lord. Glory to God. I had something to do with that? Yes. Because you were sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I'm saying all kind of things that I didn't plan on saying. But you know what? That means the Holy Ghost is in charge. Amen. I love the quote we heard last week talking about praying in the Holy Ghost, specifically referencing mysteries. Today's mysteries are tomorrow's revelation to the one who spends time praying in the Spirit. Amen. That's so good. I'm going to say it again. Today's mysteries are tomorrow's revelation to the one who spends time praying in the Spirit. Glory to God. Hallelujah. 45 years of praying in tongues has not been a wasted exercise in my life. Hallelujah. It has probably produced fruit in ways that I will never know until I get to heaven. Hallelujah. So oftentimes as you pray in the Spirit, prayers and declarations of faith in your known language will be birthed out of your spirit by the Holy Ghost. This is why when I pray, when I'm really going to pray, 
not just praying grace over a meal, but when I intend to enter an intense time of prayer, I always start by praying in tongues. Because I want to get energized and stirred up in my spirit so that when I do pray in English, I pray accurately and powerfully and effectively. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. When you pray in tongues, your prayers will be accurate, powerful, and more focused than those that are birthed out of your natural mind. Amen. Even when you pray in your known language, after praying in the Spirit for a while, those prayers will be more targeted and more effective and more powerful because you spent time stirring up the gift of God on the inside of you. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Other times, this is going to kind of go over some of your heads because not everybody in here, in fact, most everybody in here is not an old-time Pentecostal. But the old-time Pentecostal had a saying. They had a saying, just got to pray through. Just got to pray through, you know. So sometimes you'll feel led to pray in the Spirit until you get what Brother Kenneth Hagin called, until you get a note of release. And you pray through until you know that whatever you were praying and addressing in prayer has been accomplished in the spirit realm. I've had that happen. I'm going to share it later on. Praise the Lord. So this type of prayer, which sometimes I call spirit-led prayer, that starts in tongues, comes out in English when necessary, and goes in and out of tongues as you're led by the Spirit of God. This type of praying can lose tremendous power in the spirit realm. And it can advance the plans and purposes of God. And it can thwart the plans of the enemy. Hallelujah. James 5.16 says, The effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Amen? I love the way the uh, Amplified says it. The earnest, heartfelt, continued Prayer of a righteous man makes tremendous power available, dynamic in its working. Woo, glory to God. I want to pray like that, amen. Well, one of the keys is learning to pray in tongues, pray in the Spirit. Now, a lot of you, as I've referred to already, know where I'm coming from when I talk about this. I got saved and filled with the Spirit when I was a teenager. I grew up Episcopal. I never heard of tongues. I didn't know anything about it. I don't know if you've ever been in an Episcopal church lately, but some of them can be pretty dry. I used to sit in the pew of my Episcopal church, and it was a wonderful granite historic church with beautiful wood beams. And I would sit there in that glorious, beautiful sanctuary, and I would listen to the person speaking, and I'd be looking up at the rafters saying, Lord, if you're real, have an angel swing from the rafters or something. Reveal yourself to me because it doesn't seem like you're doing anything in this place. So that was me, Episcopal. Grew up in the church. Was taught the Bible, didn't mean a thing to me. One day I was invited to an interdenominational young people's group called the Coffee House that met in the activity room of Grace Moravian Church in Mount Airy, North Carolina. I wandered in, and they were had their hands in the air, and they were singing in this funny language, and, and you know, some of them were shaking tambourines and guys that had tie-dye shirts on and afros, and, and it was just like... It was just like a bunch of hippies, and they were just worshiping God, and I thought they were totally weird, you know. I don't know why I'm sharing this. I just feel like somebody needs to hear this. 
But the girl that asked me to come to Coffee House made me promise that I would come twice. And if she hadn't made me promise, I probably never would have darkened the door of that place ever again. I walked out, and I'm like, I'm only coming back because Ellen Mills, the cheerleader, asked me to, <laughs> you know. So I went back the second time. Next thing I know, I'm signing up for a, a retreat at Grandfather Mountain. How many ever been to Grandfather Mountain? It's an awesome place. It was where I was born again. Hallelujah. The place of my birth. So we went up there Friday, Saturday night. On Saturday night, we had a communion service in this cabin, and it was just a communion service. There wasn't supposed to be any altar call or anything, but I sat there as uh, Brother Bill Acker broke the bread and prepared the grape juice and, and shared about how Jesus' blood was shed for me, how his body was broken for me. And I'm telling you, for the first time in my life, I'm 17 years old, and it became real to me. I began to weep. I knew this is the one that I've been searching for, the one that made me. Now I see what he did for me. And so Brother Bill gave an altar call. And I didn't find out until later I was the only person in the whole room unsaved. I thought I was just the bravest in the room. He said, if you want, and listen, I'm a space nut. Y'all know that about me. I'm a science guy. I'm a space guy. So he said, if you want to meet the God who made the stars, the vast expanse of the universe, the galaxies, if you want to meet him, raise your hand. I'm like, I want to meet him. Man, I've been looking at the stars all my life. And I went forward and they prayed for me and I accepted Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And then they laid hands on me to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I had no idea what that meant. All I know is electricity hit the top of my head, went all over my body. And because I grew up Episcopal and didn't know anything about the ways of the Spirit, I didn't know how to respond or receive. And I just sat there and let that electricity shake me for a few minutes. Well, three months later, I'll spare you the long story. But I got frustrated. I said, Lord, I learned in my Bible that when you get baptized in the Holy Ghost, you can speak with other tongues. What gives? I'm driving down Galax Trail in my 1963 Blue Beetle. I'm going down a steep hill. I said, Lord, I'm rolling down the windows. It's July. Ain't nobody around here going to hear me. And I'm going to start making German noises like I did when I played Army when I was the bad guy. See, we were still relatively close to World War II back then, you know. So I'm going to make some Jap noises too, Japanese noises. No disrespect to German Japanese people. Listen, this is just my raw faith. I said, Lord, I'm going to start making all the German noises I, I, I remember from watching Combat on TV. Remember that series, Combat? Okay. All the Jap noises from watching Torah, 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 you know. I'm going I'm to, you know, so I'm, uh, and then I'm expecting the Holy Ghost to give me a language of the Spirit. So I'm like, Achtung! Schnell, schnell, Torah, Torah, Torah. <laughs> Sounded like a fool, I'm sure. And after, after about 10 seconds of that, all of a sudden, I felt like honey on my head and shoulders. And it changed. And it became a fluid, fluent language of the Spirit. God honored my raw faith 
and gave me a prayer language that I've been using for 45 years. Amen. Hallelujah. I don't necessarily recommend that as a technique. We got better ways to get people filled with the Holy Ghost these days. Okay. But back then, this was during the charismatic revival. There wasn't a whole lot of teaching on how to get people filled with the Holy Ghost. You had to do the best you could. Amen. Glory to God. Whoo. Praise the Lord. All right. So listen. Let's wrap this up with our original intention. You see, I've deviated somewhat by the Holy Ghost. And we're going to make this quick. We're going to talk about the categories of the mysteries that you are praying out when you're praying in tongues, when you're praying in the Spirit. Now, last week, Mark gave us four categories of mysteries from Corey Russell's book, The Glory Within. Number one, you could be praying about mysteries about God and His kingdom. Number two, mysteries about yourself. Number three, mysteries about God's plans. Now go back and listen to the podcast because he did an excellent job of covering those first three. I can't add anything to that. But number four, he was not able to reach because of time's sake. You can pray about in the Spirit. You can be praying in the Holy Ghost and you can pray out mysteries about people that are in need that you have no way of knowing about unless it be revealed to you by the Spirit. Sometimes you may know about the person you're praying about, but you don't have the right prayer strategy of how to pray for them. In either case, the Holy Spirit will give you the mystery, the secret, the private knowledge that only God has, how you can effectively attack that situation in the Spirit by praying in tongues. Amen. So we're going to talk about mysteries about people in need. I'm going to give you two really quick examples. All right, number one, I want to talk about Congressman Emanuel Cleaver of Missouri. He's still an active congressman. I don't know him. He doesn't know me. But listen to my story. Oh, back in 2014, I started feeling an urgency in my spirit to begin to pray for the nation. I knew that major change was coming to America. And I began to pray in the spirit many times into the late hours of night. I'd be praying for America. I'd just be praying in tongues. And then I would pray out in English for America. And so one night, this was about two days before the 9-11 anniversary in 2014. I knew the devil was up to something. You know, that's a date that he likes. And if he could do death and destruction on every 9-11, he'd do it. The reason it hasn't happened is because the saints of God have been praying against it in Jesus' name. So a couple days before 9-11-2014, I began praying in the Spirit in my study in Bossier City, Louisiana. This is before we moved here to North Carolina. And I suddenly found myself binding and loosing. You know, binding and loosing, I can't teach on it today, but you can find that in Matthew 16, 19 and Matthew 18, 18. Jesus said, whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven and whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. In other words, if you pray right, you bind right and you loose right, heaven's got your back. Amen. So I remember that day I began to bind and loose. I bound spirits of darkness coming against America and I loosed the host of heaven to come and help to ward off danger, to thwart the plans of the enemy, to cancel the assignments that the devil had launched and planned 
against this country. That's the way I was praying. So in the midst of this binding and loosing, I'm in and out of tongues. I'm caught up in the Spirit. But all of a sudden, I felt led of the Lord to pray for the safety of our U.S. congressmen and senators. It just dropped on me. And I got more specific than just praying for America in general. I said, Lord, I'm praying for our U.S. congressmen and senators. And I don't care whether they're Democrat or Republican or whatever. They are Americans, and I'm praying for their safety in the name of Jesus. And when I said that, I don't care whether they're Republican or Democrat. I saw an image of a well-dressed black man that I knew in my spirit. I knew he was a U.S. congressman. I knew I was praying for this man. And so I just bore down and just started praying in the spirit. Praying in the spirit. I'm praying for the protection of this man. And, I, and anybody else that the enemy has designs on. I'm praying for him in the name of Jesus. I'm praying for divine protection. I'm praying that angels will, will surround them and protect them from harm. And suddenly, I began to pray this. Wasn't planning on it. It was birthed in the spirit and came out in English. I said, Lord, I pray that any bombs that are fashioned against our congressmen and senators would either explode prematurely or fail to ignite in the name of Jesus. And then I felt kind of that lifting sensation that I talked to you about. I felt that note of release. I felt like something had been accomplished in the spirit realm. And I sort of wound down my prayer after that. I went to bed. This, again, was two days prior to 9-11-2014. I got up early in the morning. I believe the Lord woke me up. I got up early. It was like 4 or 5 in the morning. And I went to my computer, and I checked my news service that I check every morning. And the first thing I saw was that there had been an attempted firebombing of the congressional headquarters of Emanuel Cleaver, congressman of Missouri. Now, listen to this. I read the synopsis of the FBI report. It said two firebombs, Molotov cocktails, were thrown at the window of his office, which should have easily penetrated the window. Neither one was able to penetrate the window. They both hit the concrete and with fuses lit, failed to ignite. Exactly what I had prayed Two days before, I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. I was so excited. What happened? The secret plans of the enemy to come against this congressman and his facility was revealed to me as I prayed in tongues. Amen. And I was able to pray and thwart that attack. I got all humble all of a sudden. Well, now, Lord, I know 9-11's coming up. Surely there's a lot of other people praying for America these days. Surely this wasn't just because of my prayers. You know what the Lord said? Yes, other people were praying. But your prayers thwarted this attack. Very humbling for two reasons. I realized the power of praying in the Spirit. And then I realized, Lord... Why am I not doing this more than I already am? If there's that much power, I should be praying in the Spirit every chance I get. Amen. Because you won't always have it revealed to you what you were praying about and whose lives you saved. It might wait until you get to heaven before you find out 
the fruit of your prayers. Amen. Are you getting the gravity of this? Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Okay, the last one has to do with healing. I call this one praying through for Bertie Lou. At the time of this event, this was in the 90s, Trish and I were at Columbus Air Force Base, Mississippi, totally out of the will of God, but that's another story. We couldn't find a church in Columbus, Mississippi that preached the Word of God, so we went across the state line to Vernon, Alabama, 45 minutes. When I say a church alive is worth the drive, listen, I know from experience. For a whole year, we drove 45 minutes to Vernon, Alabama, just so we could hear the Word of God. Hallelujah. And not have people try and talk us out of what we believe in God for. Amen. And so we got to be real close with the pastor and his wife, Pastor Albert Staggs and his wife, Janie. And, you know, he realized that, you know, we had a gift on us. We had a calling on us. And I got to teach on healing. I did a healing seminar and preached from the pulpit for him. And uh, we were just very close. Well, I left Trish and the kids, my three girls, in Columbus, Mississippi. And I had to go down to San Antonio for some training. I had to learn how to fly a new jet. Another long story. But anyway, so I'm down at San Antonio at the bachelor officer's quarters in Randolph Air Force Base, and I get a call from Pastor Janie, and she said, Brother Scott, we have a real serious situation with a lady that I know from work. Her name is Bertie Lou. She has golf ball-sized tumors in each of her breasts. People have prayed for her. They've tried everything. They give her three weeks to live. Will you pray for her? I'm like, yes, I will. I will pray for her, and then I'll call you tomorrow. Hung up the phone, and I said to the Lord, right now, you know, remember I said I was totally out of the will of God, and my whole world was crashing all around me. The only security I had was my wife still loved me. Everything else was falling apart at the seams. So I almost said this to the Lord. I got my own problems. I need somebody to pray for me. But I heard the Holy Ghost said, why don't you just set that on the shelf? You're not facing life and death, and this lady is. I said, okay, all right. So I said, Lord, I set aside every worry and anxiety and all the things that are happening to me right now. I set it all aside. I'm going to dedicate this night to praying for Bertie Lou. I sat like a hippie on my bed in the BOQ at Randolph Air Force Base with my legs crossed, my hands in the air, praying the Holy Ghost for I don't know how many hours for Bertie Lou. Every once in a while, I would slip out of tongues, and I would say things in English. I curse those things in the name of Jesus. I command those tumors to shrivel up and die in Jesus' name. I speak health over Bertie Lou in the name of Jesus. Now, mind you, I have never met this woman. Didn't meet her then. I've never met her since. But the Lord had me praying for her. And I guess somewhere in the night, I'm praying in the spirit. And all of a sudden, that sensation that Brother Kenneth Hagin talks about of, of realizing a burden is lifted off you. I felt a lifting off my shoulders. And it was like the spirit said, you can stop now because it is done. I said, all right. I went to bed. I was tired. The next day, I had to go fly. Went flew my mission. Came back. And there was the red message light in my phone. Well, I dialed the number, put the phone to my ear, and I had to hold the phone out here because it was Pastor Jane who had called me that day while I was flying. And she was hollering. And this is what she was saying. 
Brothers gone. They're gone. They're gone. They're gone. They're gone. She was in tears. I called her. She told me this story. The day before, she had golf ball-sized tumors in each of her breasts. And they had shriveled up and died overnight. And the Lord said, and do you know when that happened? I said, yes, I do. He said, yes. When you felt that lift off your shoulders, that's when it was accomplished in the spirit realm. Glory to God. Now, I get emotional about this. I never met this woman, but I was privileged to pray through and help her in her struggle of life and death. One day, I will get the chance to talk to her face to face and just tell her what a thrill it was to pray for her. Bertie Lou. Praying through for Bertie Lou. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Whoo! Praise the Lord. Glory to God. Hallelujah. So let me conclude by saying this. As a church, we got to get back to praying in the Spirit. To the art of praying through. We got to pray through. We got to pray in the Spirit until we get a note of release. You might say, well, you know, you knew about those golf ball sized tumors in each of her breasts. What were the mysteries? Well, perhaps sometimes you don't know how to pray when somebody hasn't received their healing. You don't know what's going on in the spirit realm. And it has to be attacked in the spirit realm because there are things going on that you don't know about. I believe I attacked and nullified those things that were standing between her and her healing. And as a result, those things shriveled up and died in the name of Jesus. Amen. So as a church, we got to get back to praying in the spirit. The art of praying through, imagine if you will, the things that might be accomplished in our great nation. If millions of born-again, spirit-filled Christians begin to pray in the Spirit for America, for our leaders, for our churches, for our pastors, imagine the plans of the enemy that could be stopped dead in their tracks. Imagine the progress we would make as a nation and the inroads that would be open for the gospel to be preached all over the land. Amen. If we would just discipline ourselves. Listen, when you're driving around by yourself, turn that radio off and pray in the Holy Ghost. If you want to listen to worship music, great. But sing in the Spirit while you do. Amen. Let's commit as a people of God to get back to praying in the Spirit. Praying out the mysteries of God for ourselves, for our church, for our pastors, for our government leaders, for our city, for our state for our nation, for our world. Amen? Amen. We hope you enjoyed today's message. If you would like to learn more about Faith Life Fellowship and access more of Dr. Forrest's teachings, you can visit our website at gofaithlife.com. Also, visit and like our Facebook page at Faith Life Wilmington. We believe in God the Father. We believe in Jesus Christ. We believe in the Holy Spirit, and He's given us new life. We believe in the crucifixion. We believe that He conquered death. We believe in the resurrection, and He's coming back again.